What's happening, Dirtballs? The dynamic duo is back. It's me, Andy Ruther, with my guy, Joe Prano. Excited to be here. Excited to have you back, Andy. Joe, you know what makes me more excited? What's that? iTunes reviews. Always exciting. I always like to hear from Dirtballs in their own words what they like about the show. And what, what, the- what makes them rate it five stars? What makes them rate it one stars? What you like and what you dislike. And I want to hear about what you have to say so much that I will send you two dirty sports koozies. Went to the post office, sent some out today. Drop a iTunes review, leave your Twitter or Instagram handle. I will follow you back. It also lets me know who's listening to the show. I love following our listeners on social media. Do that. I'll send you a message. I'll get those koozies in the mail. Also, if you want to see Joe live, go to JoePrano.com. That's right. Go to JoePrano.com. Some shows uh, that I've got coming up. If you want to know if I'm coming to your town or if I'm coming to your town still, if you heard I was coming and you're not sure if it's happening, go to JoePrano.com and uh, check out my schedule. All right, Joe. Let's start the show. Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host. It's so good to be back again, Joey Nochepino. Hello, Andy. When was the last time we did a show together, you and I? It was January 2nd. Wow. Because that's when I flew back from Cincinnati. That's when, so you flew back here from Cincinnati. The second. You you left again. The fifth. When your mom got sick. Yeah. Uh, and then you were gone for an extended period. And then obviously I was in surgery for last episode when when you and Tug. So wow, it's a long it's a long while. Yeah. The last, I think we only missed what one episode in there. We only missed one. It's, it's I'm not gonna say we're. Cal Ripken or fucking Eli Manning over here, but it's pretty good. One with all that's gone down, we missed one episode in that. Yeah, a lot thing. has happened. Yeah, and the last time we did a show, we were the Stash Brothers. That's right, and now we're we're the Stash Less Brothers. We are. Yeah, I uh, I know you. Obviously, you had uh, you had you had your mom's passing, funeral, all that. You, I'm sure you wanted to clean up and look look sharp for for that. Um, I was uh, I wasn't planning on taking off my mustache, but I was in the hospital. I, I ended up getting uh, getting admitted to the hospital via the ER after going to see my the doctor that I finally found to do my surgery. Um, he was like, "Go to the ER right now and get checked in. I'm on call tomorrow, and uh, this shouldn't wait." Basically, basically for me to skip skip the line of getting on his surgery schedule, he was like, "If you go to the ER now, it's going to take you a couple hours to get admitted." But uh, then you'll jump the line because basically whoever comes into the ER in the morning is going to be my first um, 
surgery. Was it Dr. James Andrews? It was not. No. The no. famous it was sports doc- doctor. It was Dr. Doctor? Milton Little, uh, fucking fantastic surgeon, um, killed the game. Um, if anybody wants to see super gross pictures of my scar situation, um, you know, I put I put up an Instagram of my screw, an X-ray of my screws and my plates and all the stuff that's in there. I was like, I don't think anybody wants to see the actual pictures. But look, if if you're one of those sick people who likes that kind of thing, if you want to see uh, some some scar shit, uh, slide into my DMs. I'll send you some I'll send you some gross pictures of my knee. Um, what's but the yeah. re- what's the recovery we're looking at? 18? 10, 10 weeks of no weight bearing. So I will be on crutches for ten weeks. I cannot I cannot put weight on my leg for ten weeks. Ten weeks. So two and a half months, no weight on your left leg. Yeah. So in this brace for ten months. After that, um, everything's up up for debate. I guess up for you know how much I work at it, physical therapy. All that they've already I've already got what's called a CPM machine, which is putting my leg into a machine and it bends it for me and I can set my angle. They want they want me to get to 90 degree bend pretty fast. I'm at I I was doing well in the hospital, but then when I got out, um, I don't know if it's like just a different angle of the bed or whatever, but I'm up to 80 already. So um, today I'll, I'll probably get to 85, maybe maybe 90 by the end of the day. But my uh, the reason I started to tell you is because in the hospital it was tough. Uh, couldn't really shower. Um, they gave me like some surgical shit to like wipe down with, um, and my beard just gets so thick. If I don't if I don't shower every like if I go two days without showering, I get I get a real like rash situation. So going like three days without it, my beard popping. I was just like I got to take I got to get out of the hospital, take a shower, yeah, take all this shit off. And now, like uh, hockey teams do for the playoffs, I'm going to get a recovery beard going. Nice. We'll see where we're at in 10 weeks. All right. Grizzly Adams did have a beard. Well, obviously, you got a team here. You got me. You got new addition to the Smart Studio, Nick DeLisandro. Who's, look, at uh, his little, look at his little scarf situation. By the way, I threw this out. Did you, did you pass along to Nick what I said the other day? Uh, I said, Nick's got a little bit of Hobbit vibes. I did not pass it along. Little, and I think the scarf, the scarf's helping the Hobbit vibes. Has anybody tell, ever told you're not like especially small? How tall are you? I'm five seven. Yeah, yeah. you're you're a, a medium. Yeah, you're I'm, you're you're a sh medium. I'm a medium. You're a gap medium. Medium short. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's I don't know. He's got he's got little Hobbit vibes. <laughs> I can see it yeah. a little bit. Well, he he's dealt with me you're now in the Shire. He's dealt with me for a few days. Am I? Is it neuroses? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah. You know where Nick and I really bond is over Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, my gosh. Another great episode last night, too. Larry David, if you haven't seen this season of Curb, is 100%, should I say, in a way, mocking the whole Me Too stuff? The premise through two episodes is he gets sued for sexual harassment. It's fantastic. Because his his assistant or his secretary, whatever you want to call it, he takes her shirt to wipe his glasses clean. And that was, you know, going too far. Yeah. And he was very curious about her arm tattoo. So, like, those were the two basis of the lawsuit. That He's asking personal questions, and he grabbed her blouse or whatever. Anyway, it's pretty funny. Yeah. I, I, I know you're not the biggest fan. I'm not the biggest fan, but maybe I'll check out the first You know, I was thinking about this see. last night. You know, if you're Larry David, I'm kind of like your Leon right now. I just kind of show, show up out of nowhere and start living with you. Oh, oh, you're Leon. I'm your Leon. 
You're the Larry. I'm the Leon. That's it. That's is, is Leon JB Smooth? Yeah. Yes. Who I love. I absolutely love JB Smooth. I think he's so funny. Uh, but anyway, there's a there's a lot going on. There is indeed a lot going on. But we are very happy to have you back, Joe, and I'm very happy. Very to happy be to back. have you back, Andy. It's, Thank it's you. Good, it's good. It's good to get the uh, the original crew back together. Shout out to Tug Coker for stepping in. Oh, obviously, Tug was amazing. Good, the goat, the goat fill in. He's always amazing. A lot of people clamoring for a Tug. Either like a lot of people saying third man on the pod. Which I don't think is the the right answer. I think you know. I think that takes away from when he gets to sit in. Um, but a lot of people clamoring for a, a solo potentially Tug Coker DSPN produced podcast, which it's happening. He's he's you know I know is being talked about in uh, in production offices around DSPN yeah. campus. We're we're gonna get Tug up and running, but but we gotta get we gotta get ourselves together first. And uh, obviously, we're gonna start today with the. Awful news of Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and seven others tragically dying in just a horrific helicopter crash. There's no other way to put it. Yep. It's awful. It's terrible. And uh, to be honest, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. You and I discussed that at your apartment yesterday as far as someone of his magnitude in the sports world to die at not only a young age, but in in tragic fashion, just awful tragic yeah. fashion. I the only thing, and I'm sure somebody will bring up, you know, something that that's close. But the when you asked, has there been anything like this? I said, I think in American sports, the closest thing we had was probably Dale Earnhardt, which was obviously also a legend in his sport. Dies on the track. Um, Obviously, in a sport, way more you're, you know somebody's way more likely to die tragically than in than being a basketball player. But also, um, what I said was, you know, obviously he was still in the midst of his career as opposed to Kobe, who who was gone. But even in America, um, I know I know people always talk about how how big a sport it is, and people don't understand. It's like it's still a very regional sport. Um, as massive as it is in the South and, you know, the Southeast and, and all that it is, uh, basketball at this point, you know, in global in, in 2020 is a global game. There are people who know Kobe Bryant, you know, around the world. I honestly can't think, I can't think of anything like this. Yeah. Just absolutely awful. And like you said, the thing about Kobe was that he was a global icon and he was immensely huge, especially in areas like Asia. And I, I watched a good interview with Jerry West, you know, former Laker legend, the logo who drafted him as the Lakers GM. And he talked about that. He did a great interview on ABC and traded for him, traded for him. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. Traded for him from Charlotte, but obviously it's just awful. And, I'm just going to address the elephant in the room. We have always been critical of Kobe's game on the court and his status as a player. But guys, throw that out the window. Like we don't care well, about I that. I think I think the important thing, you know, in and I I, I saw a lot of people be like this is going to be one of the highest rated dirty sports ever and stuff like that is a lot of people thinking that, you know, we're going to 
shit on Kobe or something like that, which obviously we would never do. Never. Um, but but also, you know, the the thing about uh, us as a show and Kobe Bryant is we've never even really, I, I think, been anything but. I mean, and obviously, there's some negativity toward Kobe Bryant in the way that we cover him because we're a comedy show and you know we you know i've told fucking carmelo anthony kill himself a thousand times you know but uh kobe bryant even even in discussing him recently um we've always said like i've said this we're talking about a guy who's a top 20 basketball player of all time yeah you know the the people out there that want to you know pick up pitchforks and and you know torches and come after us because we're arguing that Kobe's not the single greatest basketball player of all time. To be the top to be top 20 in anything in life is like uh, you know, it means you're the best of the best of the best of the best ever. Um Kobe Bryant was a fantastic basketball player, one of the all-time greats as I've already said. Just because I, you know, am a Kobe truther in terms of, I think, his style of play and what what he accomplished on the basketball court doesn't mean that I don't still think he's great. The same thing goes for, you know, when the call came in last week about Derek Jeter versus Kobe Bryant. Derek Jeter, also 100% sure thing Hall of Famer. Great, you know, no doubt about it. But just saying, hey, just because you guys put him here and I put him here doesn't mean that I'm shitting on him. I'm shitting on you uh, overrating him. And and here's the thing about Kobe Bryant, and I, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, obviously his passing, but but the other thing about Kobe Bryant, you know, and, and you saying how big this is, it, it sort of speaks to the same thing as, you know, what we've argued is Kobe was bigger than just a basketball player, and and that's proof, in, that's that's proved by how people have rated him as a basketball player. All the other stuff that go with him being a global icon and Nike and the Mamba mentality and all that stuff, that's all the stuff that, that you know, builds his legend. And that is why I think people have him, you know, higher up in their hierarchy than maybe he deserves. I, I have always, you know, t- called myself a Kobe truther. And well, Can I hop in here real quick? Sure. Like, to be honest, I don't even really care right now as much about the basketball stuff. Like, at the end of the day, it's awful. And like you said, no one's—we've said things in the past. I mean, let's just, let's just address it. I put out a Kobe facts only the night before he passed away, the yeah. night before he died. We coincided it with LeBron passing him as third in all-time total points in NBA history. I put out a facts only. It's, it's awful timing. The whole thing's awful. I, I'm not going to sit here. Joe's not going to sit there. No one's going to sit here and revel in a in a horrific tragedy. I mean, the whole thing. Like, dude, I was I was getting choked up. His daughter, seven other people. Well, parents. You know, it's, it's terrible. Andy, there's 2020. Uh, like, I've seen a million tweets about it. 2020. Like, can we can we go? Can we just go right back to 2021? Can we skip it? What a, what a shitty way for the year to start. I, I I'm going to say this in terms of. You know, I didn't tweet anything about Kobe Bryant yesterday. I'm not going to tweet anything about Kobe Bryant. I'm not going to put an Instagram because I've I've never been, you know, any sort of a Kobe Bryant fan. I am not a fan of his, you know, his style of play. 
I'm not. I I really wasn't a fan of him as a person. Okay. For a lot of his career. Now that being said, you and I, in the last few months, have both lost parents. It's awful. Um, Kobe Bryant's kids. It's terrible. Lost a parent today. That you know, they they got to spend a lot less time with than than you and I got to spend with our parents. Um, I think y- you and I would both agree. We would have done anything to have more time. Yeah, uh, I certainly would have done anything to have more time with my dad when when he was, you know, coherent and I could talk to him and stuff like that. The idea that my dad made it to seventy six and your mom made it to sixty nine. Um, not not they're not people who live to be a hundred years old. But Kobe Bryant was forty one. Yeah. Um. He, you know, he has three other daughters that lost a parent they, that they didn't get to spend nearly as much time with as we got to spend with the parents that we lost. And it fucking sucks. Not to mention Kobe's daughter passing away as well. Um, Kobe's wife losing one of her children. It's like, you know, it's not, it, it's just not something that really has anything to do with basketball. Like y- you can be a fan of his basketball game you could be a fan of him as a person or you could not be a fan of both those things like i wasn't and it's still you don't you don't uh, like want this to happen to anybody no uh, even even the worst people you know the people that you hate the most in life which he's certainly not up there um for me it's like you just don't wish that upon anybody and honestly i think that the real kind of tragedy uh for me as a person who like i've said is a kind of a Kobe Bryant truther is when you look at Kobe and how Kobe changed from the early part of his career to late part of his career to retirement, it really does seem like he was finally sort of, sort of starting to figure it out. And he was sort of starting to figure it out through his kids. Um, There was always talk that he's not, going to Lakers games. He's that's not him. He's not going to be around basketball um because it's you know, he's too competitive and whatever and he just doesn't want to do it. In the last few years, just the last year or two, he's been showing up to games with his daughter, yeah. who's really taken to the sport herself. He's taking her to Lakers games. He's taking her to college games because she wanted to play at UConn and all this stuff. Obviously, yesterday he was flying to a basketball game for his daughter. Um he in doing that and in being around the game through somebody else, I did see a change in Kobe Bryant in the way he's Instagramming congratulations to LeBron James. And he's doing the Kobe spotlight. And he's doing this thing where he wants to help other people. Where, you know, as for me, the the one thing I was really critical of Kobe Bryant is just seems like he was a very selfish basketball player throughout his career, which I never liked. I just don't like basketball players like that. It's not how I played. It's not how I want my teammates to play. Um, but it really seemed like through his children, especially his daughter who was really into basketball, he was starting to figure it out. I, I imagine that Kobe Bryant wasn't telling his daughter not to pass. And, you know, we all grow and we all change in life. And um, I think the thing that, that really is sad is Kobe had such a platform and was so important to so many people, and it it seemed like he was 
you know, in, in his post-basketball career, was starting to figure it out a little bit, like how to be around the game and how to be around people and how to be around the other NBA guys with way more of an open attitude and way more of, um, you know, being a helpful, being, you know, being a friend to people when before it was like, you know, I have no friends. I'm a killer. I'm on an island. And and that's what sucks. And look, there's a lot. Kobe Bryant's career and life has a lot of dark spots um, if, if you're not a Kobe Bryant fanboy. And we don't need to. This is not the time to talk about all that stuff. Um, but for me, I'm never going to no tragedy, no whatever is ever going to make me say, well, I'm not going to talk about how Kobe Bryant was as a basketball player tomorrow, today, whatever. I will still say, here's what I think of Kobe Bryant as a basketball player. Yeah. And, and, and what I think of Kobe Bryant as a person has, has changed from day one of his career to the middle of his career, to the end of his career, to, to post career. And I've, I've had a lot of different feelings about Kobe Bryant as a person, but Kobe Bryant as a basketball player, like his death doesn't change anything for me in, in terms of how I relate to that and, and how I'll speak of him compared to other players. But the bottom line is you don't wish this on anybody, and it's awful. It's awful for basketball. It's awful for basketball fans. It's awful for Lakers fans. And most importantly, it's most awful for his, his family and the families of the other people that were on the helicopter. And – and you're right, and I just want our listeners to know that, you know, we have had so many in-depth discussions about Kobe, but again, that's basketball-related. And even the video that I put out, and Nick and I put so much work into, the Kobe Facts Only, which dropped Saturday night, I'm not taking it down, guys. Plain and simple. And, I, and there's no reason that you should. It's, it's it, a ba- The, the, it's, the what, beauty of that thing as a piece before or after Kobe passing is you had it was facts only there was no opinion it wasn't me ranting on Jordan or me ranting on Kobe or me ranting on and and that was the beauty of it before or after his death even well, even if he doesn't pass away you i'm not arguing with people because these are what they are if you don't like them then you don't like the the numbers and 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 i don't want to get into that too much but at the end of the day that was what it's about. It's about basketball. That's what a lot of these discussions have been about, basketball. And like Joe said, no, nobody wishes this. You know, with us recently both having lost parents, and I, and I know for me it's hit me even harder, just, just, just death in general, obviously, because we're still going through it. And I don't wish, like, what he dealt with what like I can't even imagine those final moments for him and his daughter and everybody because I'll just say it, guys. I watched my mom die, and that like last hour for me was the worst of my life. Like I'll never forget that. And I watched all the doctors and nurses, and to be honest, I thought I was gonna faint. And the amount of hysteric like the hysterical emotions that I went through. So I can't imagine those final moments in that helicopter. And to me, that's what it all boils down to. This is just an awful tragedy, whether it's Kobe or any random person. No, nobody wishes that on anybody. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's just a terrible tragedy 
that you can put things aside as far as sports discussions and think of the human element, right, of this awful thing. But also, to bring it back to sports, because we are a sports show, Joe is right. It's not going to change my opinion. It's a terrible tragedy, but I'm not going to retract a video that I put out that was 100% sports and statistically based. I'm just not. And there's no reason to do it. Honestly, I think I think the people who, you know, first of all, you put it out the day before and and we've talked about it over the last couple of days. I think, you know, like I said, I, I'm not tweeting anything about Kobe Bryant. I've never I was never a Kobe Bryant fan. I'm not going to use this opportunity to try to get retweets. I'm not going to suddenly be a Kobe fan that other people to me, in, that's in, worse. In sports seem to be. I'm not going to be a Kobe hater. Um, like other people in sports and comedy in the last couple of days seem to be like, oh, this is the time or, or, or the woke, you know, athletic writer or New York Times writer or whatever, who's like, let's talk about Kobe's rape case today. Like now isn't the time to do all that. Uh, if you want to talk to me today about, you know, where Kobe ranks all time, I'm going to do it as if he was alive or he wasn't like I'm just going to talk about his basketball game, but I I think you're a worse person to adjust anything you're doing. I agree. Uh, in the last couple of days, for clout, for clicks, it's for, bullshit. For whatever we you had that video in the works for a long time. You had said for a long time you were planning it for the day LeBron passes Kobe. The, I mean, the idea that he passed away the day after LeBron passed him is like a whole other fucking weird thing. It, it's bad timing all around, but like, what is it taking it down to? You, you, you're you're somehow saying it was wrong to be up. It's like it's just not. And 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 I don't like that mentality. And that's a, the bad mentality, the mob mentality that we live in in 2020. This what I deem bullying. Again, it's not a blasphemous video. And and I'm glad you addressed the clout thing because it's true, guys. I've even seen comments from dirt balls angry that that we're not addressing. So, so you want us to be fake? We, we've been critical of Kobe's game. N- now we're going to suddenly be fake and act like we uh, like we loved his career? And by the way, uh, I'll say it again. If you get right down to it, when we say we've been critical of, we've been critical of, of the way Kobe is held up by other people. Critical of his game, like, I, I mean, I wish somebody would be as critical of my comedy to say Joe Prano is the 20th best comedian in the history of the world. I wish somebody would be that critical of me. Like, all when we say we're critical, all we're critical of is the way that, obviously, the guy was bigger than life and that, that clouds how people looked at him as a basketball player. And the same goes for Michael Jordan. The same goes for a lot of people in a lot of sports. Um, and, and, look, we get to, we, you know, again, we've done this across the board in sports. And, you know, I, I don't think... Tomorrow, if Ryan Fitzpatrick dies, you're you're gonna call him a fucking Hall of Famer. Like we're not, we're, we're just we're, we have to be true to ourselves, and we have to be true to our show, and we have to be true to our opinions. Otherwise, why is anybody watching and listening to this? That being said, again, it's not the time to fucking dig up all the dirt on him, and it's not the time to say, oh, he was so he meant so much to all of us. He passed away. It's horrible for his family. 
It's horrible for the families of all the other people that were out there. You know, a lot has come out about Kobe in the last couple of days. The thing, the big thing today was like how, you know, he even got a helicopter to spend more time with his kids. And again, like I've been critical of a lot of the guys on court and, and off the court and how it related to basketball. But it really seems like he found his way with his family. And it sucks that this is a tragedy that includes another person in his family and will leave that family without a dad and without a daughter. And it's fucked up. It's awful. There's there's nothing good about it. And I haven't felt, you know, I, I told Nick last night, because obviously we're in L.A., just, just everything felt different outside after Kobe died, and and just you could just feel the energy in this city. And obviously, we're at the famed Venice Beach basketball courts, where you know so many Kobe Bryant jerseys are worn. The whole thing felt different. And I told Nick, I probably haven't felt this way or seen this since Michael Jackson died. Like I felt that same sort of energy in the air. And Michael Jackson also died out here. <laughs> And was a global icon. That that's the last time I felt that, and it sucks, dude. There's the, the you know somebody put it best to me when my mom died, and it's, you can say the same thing. Let's just cut through all the bullshit with death, and I'm sure you'd agree with me, Joe. It sucks. That's the best way you put it. When your dad dies, it sucks, and this awful tragedy with Kobe and his daughter, and I can't imagine what his family's going through, what all the families are going through. It just sucks. There's nothing good about it. And I feel for, and my thoughts and prayers are with all these people because it's just a horrific death and tragedy all the way around. And and look, like when it happens to somebody as famous as Kobe, um, you know, like... Whether you're a Kobe fan, a Kobe stan, a Kobe truther, a Kobe whatever, in a way, if you're a basketball fan at all, and even honestly, like we said, he's bigger than basketball, you kind of feel like you know Kobe Bryant. Yeah, like that's that's the thing about that's the thing about you know m- me and me being like like I feel like I know I feel like I could always see on his face like what he was, how he was approaching basketball. Like you, I've seen, I've watched so much so many hours of Kobe Bryant that it's kind of crazy that you feel like you know somebody like that when they pass away and it puts a lot in the perspective you know look I'm here my fucking leg is fucked up but it puts I'll, I'll, you know when I'm laying in bed last night and and it was a last night was a struggle like I was dude like the depression last night where I'm just like on my own in my fucking bed and I like can't sleep and I'm in pain all that shit it's like whether I was a fan of his or not it puts in perspective in the perspective like it could be worse at any second any fucking terrible thing can happen to any one of us um a car accident a fucking plane accident a helicopter accident like life short you never know what you have like it sucks to feel like this but also it could be a lot worse you know um I the, the, I could have hit my head when I had that accident instead of my knee, and I could not be here right now. And um, and it puts it in perspective. And and like whatever your feelings are as Kobe Bryant as a basketball player, again, I think it just gives us all a moment to say like, you know, appreciate 
what you have, appreciate who you have in your life, um, and and get rid of the people that you, that fucking you know don't want to help you and don't want to you know be a positive force in your life. If somebody's out there and and you know they they don't want you know they're they're a negative influence on your life, get rid of them. You you don't you don't need that shit um, because it's too short, man. We got to be like as happy as we can. Happiness is the path, not the destination, as some brilliant person once said. And it's uh, a great quote. And and look, man, it's a it's again a horrible tragedy, not just for Kobe Bryant, not just for his family, all the people that were on that. And it it's twenty twenty fucking sucks, dude. Yeah. It's awful. Go home 2020. You're on heroin. Seriously. So that's about as much as I think we're going to say. Yeah. It's and, more I think we thought we would, and I think that, that should do it. Yeah. Now, in, in obviously basketball-related stuff, LeBron did pass him as the third all-time leading scorer, and it's wild to think – LeBron does that. Obviously, he passes away the next day. The, the, the whole thing is is it, it's eerie. I'll just be honest. It's eerie. It's it's sad. It's crazy. Uh, but I want to talk about LeBron for a minute. I guess I was a little naive. We went out Saturday night uh, after the game down in Hermosa Beach at a bar, and you're like, dude, he's going to pass Kareem. And I guess I was ignorant in that LeBron basically only needs three seasons at 20 points a game to become the all-time NBA leading scorer, which yeah. is wild. Yeah, and and should something happen to LeBron, obviously, God forbid, something happens to LeBron, but but should something happen to LeBron that where he's going to miss a year here? Like, I just, for me, I think it is uh, the way I've watched LeBron's climb that, climb that chart. To me... I think that's something he's playing for and something he's always played for. And if he falls off, you know, we, we always talk about LeBron. And um, I think a lot of people thought it would have happened already that he's 6'9", he's 265 or whatever. As he ages, he, his game can change and he can be more of a back-to-the-basket player and he can be passing out of the post. He's such a great passer that he can pass out of the post um, and that he won't be. But, I mean... He's leading the NBA in assists right now. There is no sign that LeBron James can't score 15 points a game for a decade. Like, I'm not joking. He, there's no sign that LeBron James, who's scoring 25 points a game right now, can't be a 15 to 17 point per game score six, seven, eight years from now. Like, I, I don't think, barring something catastrophic happening, I don't think it's a question he's going to blow by Kareem. There's no sign of LeBron James retiring from the game of basketball. There's no sign of—this is not Michael Jordan on the Wizards we're talking about here. We are talking about a guy who's leading the NBA in assists. Well, right now, I know what you're saying, and I agree. He's playing at the highest level he's ever played at. I, I disagree with that. Oh, oh, but, okay, but, okay, I, I agree with you. You're right. I jumped the gun too quickly. But I'm saying at a near— that's what I'm saying. He's not he's not a shell of himself. He's he he has changed his game in a way I I think I didn't think I don't think I'll, even myself uh saw it going. I thought 
I didn't think he'd go, oh, I'm going to be more of a point guard. <laughs> like, I thought he'd go, okay, I'm going to be more of a back-to-the-basket guy. I'll pass out of the post. I'll, you know, I'll get more easy layups. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll exploit mismatches. But the bottom line is the game has changed significantly from the Michael Jordan era and from the Kobe Bryant era. The mid-range game isn't, I mean, it's been proven sort of worthless, uh, to be honest. Why take a mid-range shot when you can take a layup? Or three. And uh, look, LeBron turning into, like, late in his career, it's crazy to think. But LeBron, and and he's still playing above that level right now. But think about two, three, four years right now. LeBron, The tail end of LeBron's career, LeBron becoming Mike Conley, like peak Mike Conley, is incredible. And it's a testament to the fact that he is the single greatest basketball player of all time. He's leading the NBA in assists. Here's the thing. He's going to pass Kareem in points. He's going to finish, like, top five in— He's going to pass Magic Johnson in assists. Well, I'm looking right now. LeBron is currently eighth in the history of basketball in assists. He's the only person, I think, being— go, Start at the top of the list. It is a long while on that list when you get to anybody besides LeBron James, who is a, not a point guard. Like, a fact, true, pure point guard. Well, yeah— the, the the all-time leading assist players are John Stockton, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, Mark Jackson, Magic Johnson, Oscar Robertson, Chris Paul, then LeBron James at number eight. Yeah, keep going. Number nine is Isaiah Thomas. Point guard. Then Gary Payton. Point guard. Andre Miller. Point guard. Rod Strickland. Point guard. Maurice Cheeks. Point guard. Lenny Wilkins. Point guard. Russell Westbrook. Uh, yeah. P- point guard. Yeah. Terry Porter, Rajon Rondo. I mean, it's 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 crazy to think, guys. LeBron is going to finish. I mean, how far? Like, what? Where, where's LeBron James now as uh, as compared to the guys right above him? How many assists does LeBron have? Chris Paul has about three hundred and fifty more. Actually, exactly three hundred fifty. And more. obviously, Chris Paul is still playing and pacing like he's you know LeBron's leading the league in assists, but he's not catching Chris Paul till Chris Paul retires. Number five is Magic Johnson. Yeah, he's going to pass Magic Johnson in assists. He's going to have more points than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and more assists than Magic Johnson. That's everything that you need to know about LeBron James as a basketball player. Yeah, it really is. It's it. And honestly, to me, again, uh, everybody wants to paint people who, you know, just because I think one person is greater than the other doesn't mean that I don't respect another player. Like, everybody's like, you're a Jordan hater. Like, for, yes, I'm a, I'm a Jordan hater because I'm a Knicks fan, and he fucking killed us. And... Uh, you know, the, the, I'm a Jordan hater like I'm a Chipper Jones hater. Like, I'm a Jordan hater like I'm a fucking, it's, you it's, know. It's no different than yeah, me. Like a Tony Romo hater. I used to be an Albert Pujols hater because yeah, yeah. he used to destroy the but Reds. But the bottom line is, I, and I've said it before, Michael Jordan was the best basketball player of all time. But when you look at it, it's just like, this isn't a criticism of anybody else. It's being a LeBron James truther. Like, that's everything you need to know. Well, you know, what... Of those guys that are top 15, how many of them are top scorers all time? Like, where, when's the on the all time scorer list? When do you get to Magic Johnson or who or you know John Stockton or whoever the fuck is the first one? It's pretty far down that list, I imagine. Yeah. Not to mention, by the way, LeBron James is he's already the person who has 
when you include rebounds, which is obviously a, a, a third aspect of the game, and blocks and steals, he's already the lone guy who has X amount of points, X amount of rebounds, X amount of assists. Like he's the one. He's he's LeBron one of one. Well, at this point, it's not even worth debating with people, and I won't. The numbers don't lie. The facts don't lie. And then everybody wants to go, oh, well, you guys are stat boys. Like, the, 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 the video doesn't lie. The eye test doesn't lie. The wins don't lie. The championship appearances don't lie. The championships don't lie. The MVPs don't lie. None of it lies. By the way, I, I, I don't understand the stat boys thing. I, I, I don't understand it, whether it's people being critical of us or anyone else. You judge some literally 100% of someone's athletic achievements are judged on the variable of numbers, whether that's championships or MVPs or points or whatever it is. It doesn't matter the sport. So at the end of the day, that's what you're basing the analysis on. Of course it is. Right. And look, I always say, like, I value my eye test over anything else, but your, your eye test, everybody's eye test is different. You know, when we started arguing about, you know, where Kobe Bryant was all time on this show early on, again, you were on one side of the argument and I was on the other. Yeah. And we didn't have, I I did not do any of the research on any of the stats. I didn't know his clutch shooting percentage. I didn't know his VORP. I didn't know his, you know, efficiency rating. I didn't know any of that stuff. I was basing that solely on my eye test. And look, if you're a Lakers fan or you're a Bulls fan or you're a whatever fan, you look at these things through different lenses. I like to think that as sad as it may be, the Knicks being fucking garbage for 20 years, at this point, I don't have a bias because at this point I'm rooting against the Knicks as much as I'm rooting for them. Like There's no bias in my opinions because of who I'm a fan of. I'm just an NBA fan, and I have been for as long as I can rem- remember. And, you know, y- your eye test as a Laker fan or as a Clippers fan or as a Bulls fan, you have to take that into consideration. Well, we're discussing numbers and stats with basketball players. I have to bring up this stat that blew my mind. I talked about it a lot with Nick. We couldn't get over it when we saw it because he's had such an amazing and illustrious career already, and it's only going to continue. Kawhi Leonard did not have his first career triple-double until last week. It's crazy. How is that possible? I think it's possible um, for a couple of reasons. Um, One, he didn't come out of college. Like, he didn't come out of college as this, oh, he's going to be a superstar. And he didn't come out of college as as great as Kawhi Leonard did. The beauty of Kawhi Leonard's career is like so many guys who have had who have great championship legacy is he came onto a team that was already doing it. They you know triple doubles at this point in the NBA. It's like it's it's another one of those things where unless you're LeBron James, who when you watch him, I, I've always said especially come playoff time where he seems to get triple doubles more often than he does in the regular season. He does it in the most quiet sense you've ever seen. You're not like, holy shit, LeBron had a triple double. It's like, because he's just running an offense. And he's just grabbing boards. But you, 
the the Spurs never needed Kawhi to do all of those things. That's true. They That's had Tony Parker to run their offense. They had Tim to, Duncan. To, they had Tim Duncan to grab a bunch of rebounds. Like, yes, there's you know opportunity, but they've also you know Popovich is a fantastic, in my opinion, the probably the greatest basketball coach ever. The way he uses guys minutes wise, all that stuff, it really just never was conducive to guys. Well, having a ton of stats. You're right. And, and him doing that, obviously, in his... The, surprising that he didn't do it on the Raptors last year. Um, surprising that it took him this long on the Clippers to do it this year because they're running the offense through him a lot more. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's shocking. It is shocking that it's his first. You know, that's for sure shocking that he didn't have one of those, just like one of those weird outbreak games before. Um, but it's not surprising that he doesn't have a dozen in his career. Yeah, it was just it was alarming to see that. And what I think is so interesting about Kawhi, just as a player and as his legacy, I think he is such a glass like he doesn't have much. Like he can, they say people have a glass ceiling. I don't see one with him. Does that make sense? Because if you look at Kawhi overall, he's already won a title with two different teams. Mm-hmm. Two finals, well, multiple and- titles with the Spurs, correct? Or does he have? No, he, he won one with the Spurs, twenty fourteen. Okay. okay, but N- MVP of the NBA Finals with Twice. the Spurs yeah. and the Raptors, two time Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, I mean Kawhi at this point, are we saying Kawhi's a top twenty all time player? He's uh, probably he's, he's, he's on that cusp. Yeah, he's he's trending. I mean, he's certainly he's certainly trending in a way where he will be top. You know, that you're looking at if his career sort of keeps on this, like it's going to be hard not to say he's top 15, top 12 of all time. Um, Obviously, a lot of those, a lot of the all time lists um, is longevity numbers, how long you're able to do it for all the all NBA teams, all the, you know, championships won, all that stuff. But again, there's certainly proof already that if, Kawhi Leonard is your best player, you can be a championship team. Uh, was he the single best player on that Spurs team that won in the NBA Finals? You know, was he the single best Spur in 2014? Probably not, if you look at the numbers. I I, I would imagine he probably wasn't statistically. Um, but he certainly was on the Raptors last year, and he certainly was the difference between the Raptors being a one seed the year before and being the NBA champions the, the year after, he's changed the culture in L.A. Um, I think the thing with uh, Kawhi, his his days of being, um, you know, defensive player of the year may be over because he's now being asked to do more on the offensive side. Um, and but again, he is churning out uh accolades that are, are are building his legacy as an all-time player. Yes, I would say that if Kawhi just keeps doing Kawhi-ish things and falls off the way most players do at a certain age, that Kawhi will be, you know, a top 15, 12 to 15 player of all time. Yeah. Now, where will his antics of the strip club fit into this? Because I don't know if you saw this. I did. I did. I, I, I saw. I saw. I think it was just 
a, a five second video of something or whatever. But a, a video leaked. It was Kawhi Leonard at a strip club. He he was making it rain, as they say. But what I loved is he was in full New Balance. Yeah, yeah. Sweatsuit. Yeah. Repping his sponsor and endorser. Wow, he's got a butt grinding on him. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Why, you know, why not? If they're going to. Great if, spokesperson. Yeah, if somebody's going to take grainy video of you. Also, New Balance, like, synonymous with dad shoe. Like, who's spending more time at the strip club besides, like, you know, I spent the whole day on the riding mower. I'm going to the strip club whether you like it or not, Donna. <laughs> also, are we sure, for the people who have watched The Outsider on HBO, are we sure that was even Kawhi Leonard? Or was that some sort of second Kawhi Leonard that was. Uh, What's that about? Oh, you got to watch it. It's is at first you think it's just another one of these like true detective murder mysteries, but now there's some sort of there's there's some sort of uh, doppelganger thing happening. Doppelgangers are murdering people. It's it's wild. It's worth watching. So so you think Kawhi could have had a doppelganger at the strip club? Yeah, just like uh, just like Justin uh, Jason Bateman had yeah. uh, had a doppelganger at the strip club in The Outsider. I heard that uh, Kawhi when he goes to the strip club, he has his stacks of hundreds and a lunch pail. Yeah, and he opens the lunch pail. Now, are we going to talk at all about this uh, this rumor that there's um, trouble a brewing in the Clippers locker room because of the Kawhi Paul George thing? Because um, I didn't read. I don't know if you read. Did you read any of the stories that went along with this? Uh, I saw the headlines. Yeah. I'll be honest. I did not delve into. I, I it. didn't. I didn't read any of the stories either. I was pretty busy, um, but. Uh, Based on the headlines alone, and I, w- I want to say this, and I want to say it in a way that I hope doesn't, basically don't anybody share this with Chris Wilde, because I hope this doesn't make me lose my Clippers locker room access. But this is something I saw and talked about, and Chris Wilde and I talked about prior to me even seeing it. So you witnessed it firsthand. Firsthand. The take me t- take us through the lake or I'm sorry the Clippers locker room. Clippers locker room is basically this. Uh, the Clippers locker room is set up. You walk in, and and as you walk in, all the all of the lockers are on your left in a sort of half moon. Okay. So you walk in. There's like a whiteboard on your right. So I, I assume where all these guys are in sitting in their lockers in a half circle. They can all look at the whiteboard. Um, on on as you walk in. All of the lockers are on your left, whiteboard on your right. If you walk straight through, you walk to the showers, okay? So the locker room is this semi-circle. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard's lockers are dead in the middle of the circle, right? They're the two middle lockers, which I'm sure is some sort of— I'm sure that in if, if other locker rooms are set up in this style— that there's a locker room hierarchy, yeah, almost like a swim race. Like makes sense. Lanes, the, those middle lanes are going to be the winners. You know, the outside lane. Like you, you probably don't get an end locker if you're the superstar, unless you, that's your preference. But the the entire locker room is based around Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. The whole room changes. When Kawhi Leonard and Paul George walk in, you're not allowed to ask Kawhi Leonard questions at his locker at all. Everybody else is getting interviewed at their locker. You cannot talk to Kawhi Leonard at his locker. He has multiple secu- he has multiple Clippers security members who come and go with him 
to protect him from anybody talking to him while in the locker room because he does his own personal post-locker room, post-shower press conference. Well, let me so ask if you're this. So if you're a media member, you have to wait an extra hour after the game just to talk to Kawhi Leonard. We need to find out. I, I should hit up Robert Latow from Black Sports Online because I'm curious to know if other teams have that same setup. If the star from other NBA teams has his own press conference, has his own security. Because this might be the norm. Do you know what I'm saying? Could be the norm, but but here's the thing. There was a 100% different feeling in the Clippers locker room this year versus last year. Last year, you walked in. We were talking to Montrez. I was fucking shooting the shit with Gallinari. We're doing the whole thing. It's a, it was a very... It's a very normal feeling, post-game, guys on ice, guys changing, guys getting dressed. Everybody has their little intricacies. Apparently, Lou Williams sits at his locker, doesn't turn around, puts on his jewelry last, and when he swings around, that is when you can talk to him. But when everybody's butts, everybody's butthole clenched, when Kawhi walked in, because he walked in with a security posse, Walks in with one dude who's his like man. Everything changes. So the idea that they're one unit in it's just not true. They're not one unit. In, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are treated blatantly different than every other guy in the Clippers locker room. But I would think if you went in the in the Lakers locker room, I'd assume that LeBron and Anthony Davis are treated differently. Okay, that, I'm, I'm just assuming that may be the case. But I'll just tell you that the idea that this Clippers team is a contender this year is based very much in the fact that they had a very, very good team last year, and they added two stars to it. So everybody talks about Pat Beverly and Lou Williams and Montrez and all these guys who are such such character guys not not like great but they're but it's their personality sure and their heart and whatever that make them great that these guys are the backbone of the team and doc rivers is definitely the the kind of guy you know he's a he's a no bullshit coach very open and honest and and i mean we saw him yesterday on the kobe bryant thing it almost feels like a little bit of what made the clippers great last year was lost in adding these two guys because it's not all for one, one for all now. It's all for one, one for all. Also, we have Kobe. You know, also, we have Pau Gasol and Jesus Christ, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I wanted to say Kobe for Kawhi and I wanted to say Pau for Paul, but I think you know what I meant. I think they'll be fine. I think come playoff time, they'll be just fine. They'll be right there, I'm assuming, with the Lakers. That's just my take. I, I I think they'll ultimately be fine. Uh, but we do have a lot of NFL news, I, and I've kind of briefly, and I'm sure Nick can hop in here to help out, looking at the YouTube comment section. There's been a lot of NFL breaking news during this really? actual broadcast. Okay. And before we get to the NFL news and also our Aaron Hernandez 2020 Whoa. Savage of the Year Award nominees. I would like to remind everybody it is Super Bowl week. Indeed. I feel like we've lost uh we've forgotten about that. Obviously the Kobe events were such big news. Not only have we we've we've forgotten on multiple levels. 
This L chain's been over here. Yeah, yeah. Just hanging around for a week. So the L chain, I need to get fixed. Okay. I, I owe you two full weeks, and uh, I have not forgotten about that. Okay. FYI. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, the L chain needs to get formally fixed. For those for those people new to the show or don't remember the bet, the bet was the full two weeks between Championship Sunday and Super Bowl Sunday, you were supposed to wear the L chain 24-7. So, so you owe us two weeks, but... We'll get there. And obviously, I... A lot of things have happened. And I flew back past the two-week window uh, from God, home. thank God I, I, I ended up coming back. Could you imagine me trying to convince Dr. Milton Little I needed to wear the L-train, L-chain while I was unconscious in surgery? I like it. <laughs> Can you imagine the videos and pictures we could have gotten? Prano's knocked out wearing the L-chain. So I will be wearing the L-chain for two weeks. Hopefully, I'll get it fixed up here in the next day or two, and I'll just start rocking it. And uh, we, we can start the, the countdown. But before we get to NFL news, I would like to remind all the dirtballs to go check out gtppicks.com. Stop paying your bookie. Make that money. GTP Picks will help you get all the necessary Super Bowl picks. It's a data-driven sports betting service that offers winning sports betting advice and affordable price. Follow their advice and win. It's that simple. Guys, right now, GTP Picks is offering a limited time offer to all the Dirt Balls, all the Dirty Sports listeners. For the rest of January, we've got a few more days, all GTP Pick packages are 25% off. In addition to this discount, every purchase will include their Super Bowl 54 preview and every Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54 sports betting recommendations for free. So all those amazing prop bets that Joe and I, and I'm sure Tug will come back for Thursday that we're going to do, GTP Picks will have the insider info on who to bet on, who not to bet on, and all those amazing things. Simply go to gtppicks.com and use promo code DIRTY to unlock this limited time offer. If you like making money while watching sports, investing with GTP Picks is a no-brainer. And seriously, guys, this ends the end of the month. Obviously, the Super Bowl is February first. Twenty-five percent off. Take advantage of this right now. I can't be. I can't stand enough for GTP picks. I've I've come to a like my new my strategy down the stretch in the NFL season, which obviously helped me come back against you. Also made me a little bit of money in uh, in my multiple you know bets that I was making up in Tahoe. Thank God, because I'm not really sure how I'm paying for this knee debacle if I didn't have some of those gambling winnings but but here's a strategy that I have uh, found from works for myself and this is something I think that our listeners should uh, sign up for GTP picks and do as well you know a lot of times you go to a a, a, a betting site a, a site that's going to give you tips and you're like oh they say this I don't really feel like that and and it, it took me a little bit because GTP picks is the first sort of uh, you know tip site I've ever used. Yeah. And it, it took me a little while to go like how do I come to grips with like me not agreeing with what they're saying. So something that I did before, something that really helped me make money down the stretches, I would write down the things I kind of was sure of and then I would check in with GTP picks and the ones that they were on my agreed with, I'd be like, okay, I have I have these five. We agree on these three. These three are the ones I'm betting and boom, I'm making money. So just Use GTP picks, use promo code DIRTY, get 25% off, and just use it to confirm your beliefs. I have a feeling that you you too will win money, especially on the Super Bowl. And the best 
I still believe the best gambling day of the year. I know a lot of people are March I, Madness people. I was just going to say it. To me, it is. The prop bets at the Super Bowl are the most exciting bets you can make all year. So check them out, um, like Joe's saying. Okay, so some of this breaking news, and, and Nick can probably hop on the mic here too and help me out with this. I think I saw some dirt balls saying that the Chargers have officially severed ties with Philip Rivers. Jay Glazer has reported it. So it's official. And what it's is- not official yet, but it's just been reported by Jay Glazer on a radio show this morning. Okay, can can what does that mean exactly? Was was Philip Rivers Philip Rivers was a free agent coming into this year? Correct. Coming into this offseason. So this means that they have They're not pursuing him. They're not pursuing him. So the like the conversation's over. They're like, you may go sign somewhere else. We are not going to be tendering you an offer. Can you pull up the tweet? what's Jay saying? According to Jay Glazer on the herd. Uh, Chargers have quote unquote moved on from Philip Rivers. Okay. Again, nothing is official, but the report indicates the Chargers will have a different starting quarterback in 2020. Ooh. Bombshell. TB12. Get your ass to SoCal. Make them tickets worth some okay, money. Okay. Before fam. we get into your, you know, you know, fantasy boner about 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 flipping your Chargers tickets, um, let's <laughs> as you pull out your. Your Chargers brochure. Let's talk um, about the the more sort of pressing question when this comes out. Not who will be the Chargers starting quarterback, but where will Phillip Rivers be next year? Well, Joe, my ultimate dirty sports dream, my dirty sports wet dream, so to speak, is that Phillip Rivers replaces Jameis Winston in Tampa Bay. Yeah, love that. Then we suddenly have the whole Bucks thing, which was unearthed about Jason Light and the burner account and Jameis one of one and all those shenanigans. And also, obviously, Brady comes to the Chargers. If that happens, we can't turn around 2020. Where, where do you think the best fit for Phillip Rivers is? You know, this is, uh, there the, the, again, and we haven't even talked about it yet. Obviously, it happened last week while you and Tug were on the show. It, it, it literally happened while I was under the knife. Um, Eli Manning announcing his retirement, and obviously then he has his press conference on Friday. Um, and and I, I'd, love to, I'd love to quickly give you my opinion on that after this or whatever. But I think that the number of teams where... Philip Rivers is a fit is very similar to the teams when I was saying there's really only a few places Eli Manning could go should he decide to test those waters, which he obviously did decided not to do. Um, or or he was not wanted. Right, which we uh, – well, we can get on that, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I think we can both agree realistically – there was never a con- like. It's too early to have that conversation, in terms of like. I don't think Philip Rivers is talking to a team yet, or Tom Brady is talking to a team yet. I think. I think you know. I think they both are. You think they both are? I do. Do you think Tom Brady knows where he's going? I do. Okay. I think Tom Brady's very confident. I think he obviously, you know, there are different situations. Tom Brady is 
and we discussed this, I think, in the last few days. It's kind of a LeBron move. That's why I think L.A. fits him more with the post-career and the Hollywood, whereas Phillip Rivers, obviously, I'm assuming he seems like a big family guy. He's got a lot of kids, obviously. He's got eight children. I think Phillip Rivers' post-career is spending time with the kids, so I think his is more of 100% a, a football related move where Tom Brady's is a business and entrepreneurial move. I think Tampa Bay is a great fit. I also think the Colts are a good fit. Outside of that is is so you, you believe do you believe that uh Philip Rivers gives the Colts 40, 38, 39-year-old Rivers gives them a better chance to win than Josie Briscoli? I do. Okay. Josie Brissett. Yeah. Josie Briscoli. I love that he's just an Italian it, man. It's it's Jacoby Brissett, by the way. What did I say? Josie. Jeez. It's not G's. G's, G's Brissett is a whole you, other. You planted it in my head. I know. I love it. Uh, again, I love the Tampa Bay thing. Um, I, I've done a deep dive on Tampa Bay, obviously, with the Jason Light slash Jameis Winston burner account. And if you do a deep dive, there are analytics nerds out there. Their defense actually was not as bad as everybody thinks. No. They were put in horrible positions. Yes. Hence all the points given up. Right. Like I saw a stat, the number of times, I don't have it in front of me, but the number of times their defense got on the field with the other team having the ball inside the 30 yeah. was higher than any other team. Yeah. Again, James Winston fucking stinks. So uh, I love him going to Tampa Bay. The, the Colts, who else am I missing? Uh, probably not the Raiders. I know there's a lot of talk about maybe Brady going to the Raiders. I just don't see Rivers going to a rival. There's okay, so you know, again, this is in in me looking at sort of what Eli Manning's future could have been and the teams. You've got to look around the league at the teams who have a quarterback that they believe in, or have a quarterback that they're still trying to figure out if they believe in. And there's really not a lot of teams out there who haven't drafted a young quarterback. Yeah. Or have a quarterback that they're holding on to um, who they think is going to give them one or two years left. And when you look at, you know, the Tom Brady's, the Eli Manning's, the Phillip Rivers, these are guys you're not signing potentially any of the guys from the class of the early 2000s to be your quarterback for 10 years. You're signing them because you think that they can help you now. Um, so, you know, like a, uh, a Pittsburgh Steelers. For example, what is the status of Ben Roethlisberger? Is he coming back? And like, if they believe he's coming back, again, they only believe he's... You, you're basically hoping that he comes back and can give you the same things that a Rivers would give you for two years. Yeah. You're, you know, you're... There's teams that are either looking to, com, to get a new quarterback for long term or, or a team that thinks that they can win now. And that's why... I'm sorry. I know Tug is somewhere, you know, pulling his hair out or whatever. But you keep coming back to this Colts team, winning playoff games with Andrew Luck, finishing third uh, without him. Um, that's a team that I, I think a lot of people think could be a contender with a quarterback. And again, to me, that's 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 got to be on the top of uh, Philip Rivers' list. Yeah. What's the deal with the, the Dolphins? I'm, the, ju I'm just 
the Dolphins got to be drafting a quarterback, right, right? That's what I'm thinking. And and honestly, if you're drafting a quarterback or if you're in the hunt for the quarterback of your future, which I think the Dolphins have to be, right? Why Philip Rivers over uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick as a placeholder? Is he that much better? Just for the wear, just for the the miles on the tires, just for the miles on the fact that you know uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick hasn't played 16 games every stop he's ever been. Um, it seems like he's younger than he is in years because he doesn't have the wear and tear on him. By the way, can you imagine? If they played on the same team. And, and I talked about this last time Sean Merriman came on because he played with both. I want to say the combined number of kids between Phillip Rivers and Ryan Fitzpatrick could be 14. I think Rivers has eight and Fitzpatrick has six. And and then the question with Phillip Rivers, which I don't think we have an answer to yet, and I think that this obviously was a big part of Eli Manning's decision to move on, is he doesn't... Eli Manning... Didn't want to play anywhere where he wasn't going to be the starter. And it wasn't a grooming someone else position. It wasn't going to be uh, going into camp as like it. Would there be potential of a Jameis and Philip Rivers like quarterback? You know, I'd say like no. Competition. Is he going into the Dolphins as in a potential Josh Rosen versus I, I don't know. I imagine Philip Rivers has to have the same attitude, right? I want to go somewhere yeah. to start for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. I think this offseason, in my memory, as far as recent memory or my life, I don't know a more exciting offseason with this number of veteran quarterbacks. I, I'm going to put it out there. Philip Rivers and the Cowboys? Are the Cowboys sold on Dak Prescott? To I think the Cowboys are sold on Dak Prescott that he could be the quarterback of the future. But are the Cowboys sold on Dak Prescott could be the quarterback of the future at $40 million a year? Well, I saw a report last week that Dak had initially, when he started the year very hot, and he still threw for a lot of yards, but when he started really hot, remember those first two games out the gate, that he was offered around $33 million a year and turned it down. Which, looking back on it, Dak's not worth that money. He's just not. I don't know. I agree with you. So, that therein lies the question. If we've seen this, if we've seen this, um, you know, new trend of building around a quarterback on a rookie, rookie deal... deal. Do you, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, do you make a move for Phillip Rivers, try to get him to take, I mean, what does Phillip Rivers want to sign for? Two years, $40 million? To, Like, just give me $20 million a year for two years? And then... After taxes, it's about $2 million a child. Yeah. I like it. And then, again, no taxes in Texas. Oh, yeah, no state income tax. Uh, or Florida. Yeah. As opposed to having to give... Dak Prescott, $400 million, and then you have a potential of, again, finding another quarterback potentially on a rookie deal to be behind Rivers and to potentially come in yeah. and, 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 do the, and start the process over again. Because here's the thing. They didn't get Dak Prescott in the first round. No. 
it's not like the idea of finding another Dak Prescott. Like, I, I mean, I think Dak Prescott is better than a lot of people thought he would be. Sure, of course. Because he wasn't even supposed to be the start. He wasn't the starter. Yeah. He was Tony Romo's backup until Romo got hurt. Um, to me, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm considering that. Now, again, I'm a Giants fan, so I hope they give Dak Prescott $500 million. I, I really would love that. But with McCarthy? Yeah. Is that is that a potential? Do you think that's a potential landing spot for Phillip Rivers? I think it could be. So we're looking. I, I agree with you. I don't think he goes to the Raiders. I, honestly, I don't think the Raiders are good enough for him to go there. I agree. Um, they're also competing with the Chiefs. Uh, and and you know a, a Broncos team that's you know improving, uh, a Chargers team that he's leaving. Like, um, I Cowboys, Bucks. I I don't Miami doesn't seem to make sense to me. No, not at all. It, it, it's very few teams. That's the truth. I don't I, and, and I, I don't way, see th- I don't see Philip Rivers as a Bears QB. It doesn't seem like the Bears are giving up on Trubisky. From all reports that I read, by the way, I keep saying all these reports. Like what what are these reports that I'm reading? Uh I read a lot of this shit. I did see that the 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 Bears are committed to Trubisky yeah. at least for next year. Um but real quick and then we'll get to Antonio Brown and our Aaron Hernandez Savage of the Year award nominees. I think this all is the same for Tom Brady, though, right? Like, like we're discussing, it's a small list for Tom Brady. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I, I have, I had the Cowboys on my Tom Brady list as well, based on. I don't um, hate that. Uh, yeah, I had it based on that was a pre-McCarthy hire. I could have seen um, uh, McDaniel and Brady to the Cowboys. Um, I still think. You know, as Vegas does, and as you're hoping for, Brady to the Chargers. I think Brady to the Chargers is a Pat Riley to the Heat, a LeBron James to the Lakers. I think that it is a it's bigger than the end of his career move. I don't think he. I think less important to Tom Brady to the Chargers is let me see if I can win one more Super Bowl. As much as it is, I want ownership in this team that I'm going to sell tickets for for two years. I want to go back to California. I want to be the fate. I want you to put me. I want you to put me on billboards around California because I want to be on billboards two years after I retire, running for governor of California. Like I think Tom Brady has some massive sure. post career plan that we don't know about yet, and that was why a California team or the Cowboys, America's team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Marketing sense, it makes some some sort of, he has some sort of post-career plan that we don't know about, and I think it includes him making a boatload of money or getting into politics or getting into Well, if you, look, if you look at the odds, and, and these are even still old, they haven't been updated. This is January 14th. That's the latest ones I could find. The odds of Brady being on the Patriots next year are minus 300, Yes, plus two hundred. No, but then if you look at the odds, for so who, that's they they think he's going to be a Patriot again. Yeah, yeah. Which I can, which I agree. I think the odds are still in the favor that he stays with the Patriots. But if he leaves, it's I mean it's pretty clear cut. The odds of him going to the Chargers are plus two hundred. Cowboys, Raiders, Colts are plus seven hundred. Prano, and uh. I'm sorry. Cowboys and Raiders are plus 700. He's plus 800 for 
the Colts and the Panthers. Mm-hmm. So Panthers um, are another interesting, I guess, landing spot. Yeah, for for some for some potential uh, quarterbacks. Is Cam Newton a free agent this offseason? Uh, the free agents for this season: Dak Prescott, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Ryan Tannehill, Jameis Winston, Rivers, Bridgewater, Mariota, Case Keenum. I mean that's fascinating. Look at that yeah, list. Yeah, that's a, That's what I'm saying. This is the most interesting offseason. Jameis to the Raiders is like, like the the almost like. It it just seems like a such a fit, right? Oh my! Seems God. like I mean, didn't you know? That just seems like the that's where Jameis goes to f- end his career. Take me through. Okay, Jameis Winston goes to the Raiders. Take me through. Jameis Winston shows up to an all-you-can-eat seafood buffet. Yeah. Doesn't pay, walks out. He leaves the uh, now. I don't know if they still do it. The the Rio because I used to work at the Rio back in the day, as you guys should know. Used to have a great all you can eat seafood buffet. Take me through John Gruden talking to Jameis Winston after he walks out of the Rio seafood buffet, just stealing. Well, to crab me, legs. to me, here's what I do if I'm John Gruden. I I think that this is. I think you have to pre-plan this if you sign Jameis Winston. I think you you show up. Before he signs, you send a representative from the Raiders to every single buffet in town, and you go, here is our Raiders corporate card. Yeah. If Jameis Winston comes in here and takes crab's legs and leaves, just charge us double for him and just say he bought them. Yeah. Like, he's going to come in here and steal, but we're already paying for it. We're paying for it up front. We want to buy... Buffet prices from for every day for the year from here on out, just in case. Charges yeah. for him in advance, because he's coming. Yeah, Jameis like are coming. I like it. Yeah, because Jameis, and I've said this before, Jameis reminds me of Bobby Boucher. Like he just he doesn't get it, and I feel like Jameis would not understand the concept of a buffet. Like to me, Jameis just thinks the food is free. Yeah, because it's just it's, it's just there. Nobody brings it to you. And the thing about the buffet is, how do you explain to him that you can eat all you want, but you can't take any to go? Yeah, that's a good point. That's I feel like that's beyond his comprehension. I agree. Now, I- before we move on from the NFL, I know I do I do want to give two minutes on Eli Manning. I know but because he retired last week, you guys got to talk about it. I, I do want to say uh, one thing about Eli. I know that you're you seem to be of the opinion that Eli looked around the league and tried to find a team that wanted him and gave up on things he wasn't wanted or whatever. I, I don't know if he looked. I I, it, I am of the opinion, again, based on nothing, just my personal opinion, that nobody wanted him. Okay. Um, I think that uh, there, again, it's only a few teams in the league that even make sense to have uh, an Eli Manning or a Philip, like again, we're we're talking about four or five teams that are going to give a free agent, thirty-eight-year-old quarterback money to start for them for two years, whatever. Um, and and I got to say, the the what I love about Eli Manning is he's a he couldn't be more different from Joe Prano. Uh, Sixteen years in the league, his he said it. Very blatantly in his press conference, you know, Wellington Maris said, once a giant, always a giant. For me, it's only a giant. I think the 
reason he didn't retire uh, right after the season ended is because he wanted to think about the same thing that we're talking about. Where could I end up? Where, you know, what does that look like? And he decided long before those conversations started that, yeah, maybe there's a place, maybe there's not, but I don't even want to find out. I want to retire a New York Giant, and I and I think the I think the New York Giants, obviously the New York Jets are part of the same city, but the New York Giants more so than any other team in the NFL because it's in New York City. There's like he he really basically in a way by not even pursuing it guaranteed himself a life where he is the king of New York till the day he wa- like he'll live in New York, he'll stay in New York or New Jersey or whatever. He'll never pay for a fucking cup of coffee, he'll never pay for a dinner. He is that, you know, it it's it's like he's the heavyweight world champion in 1940 everywhere he goes. What's up champ? Yeah. Like it's a good feeling. It, it, it's it's fantastic. He could be mayor of New York tomorrow. Um and and why I say he's so different than Joe Prano and and you know in a way what I was rooting for for Eli Manning and he took the exact opposite thing is to me I think Eli Manning wrongfully w- took the blame for a lot of the lack of success of the New York Giants. Um, I think Eli Manning in his heart believes that he is still good enough to play. I think Eli Manning in his heart believes he could help a team win. And the way I always was, I would be like, I ain't going out this way. I ain't going out being your fucking whipping boy. I don't care if I got to move to Indianapolis for a year. I don't care if I got to move to fucking Miami for a year or Tampa Bay or whatever. I'm going to show you that fuck you guys. I can, I still got it. And Eli Manning, you know, props to him. Couldn't be more different from me. He's like, I, you know, maybe I feel that way. Maybe I don't. But it's more important to me to be a giant and only a giant. And I got to applaud him for that, even though in my heart, I was hoping he showed everybody that he could still play. And as a Giants fan, it's awesome that he won't play for anybody but the New York Giants. I'm so happy for him. I hope that he does get treated like a prince forever. But as an Eli Manning fan, I, I, I hate that he didn't get a shot to prove it or didn't or sorry, didn't even find out if he had the shot to prove it. So that's that was the only thing that I took away from from the Eli man, the end of the Eli Manning uh, retirement career. While we're still on this giant subject, some breaking news fresh out the oven right now. Giants just hired Freddie Kitchens as their tight ends coach. <laughs> Ooh, that's interesting. Evan Ingram gets his man. Yeah, Evan Ingram, and uh, I know there was I know there was a lot of whispering of Witten following Garrett to New York, which it would be an interesting tight end. Uh, but, but by the way, that that's an interesting move. You talk about a life downgrade. You were to me yeah. that's a big drop up. You you were the he 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 is upgrading from Cleveland to New York. Okay, fair enough. But this is the quality of life argument. Oh. Would you rather li- would you rather live in a studio apartment in New York or a four bedroom house in Cleveland? This is basically the, what Freddie Kitchens' coaching career just had. Freddie Kitchens just moved into a studio in Hell's Kitchen. It's a good point. You're the he, he, he moved into a studio into Hell's Freddie Kitchens. 
Well played, Joe. Well played. Head coach, Cleveland Browns. You live in Cleveland, a.k.a. the mistake by the lake. You now are demoted to a tight ends coach, uh, position coach, but you're in the metropolitan New York City area. A, that's a great debate. It yeah. is. It is. Yeah. The, it is the quality of life now, debate. Now his contract. He, he, he ba- he's now making. I'm sure four million times less when you consider how much cost of living is. Yeah. Like he went from having a head coaching contract to being a position coach's contract, and now everything costs ten times more than it did. However, he can upgrade. Like the food situation. His food situation in Cleveland versus his food situation in New York. Yeah. By the way, that's... I mean, he's also in, like, North Jersey now, where, where the Giants are. He's going to be able to get 200 better slices of pizza within in a five-mile radius than there is in the entire state of Ohio. That's something And that, he looks like a guy who enjoys pizza. Oh, yeah. And hoagies, and calzones. Yeah. And stromboli. That's the thing I noticed the most. Because, obviously, I was home 25 of 28 days... And the thing I noticed most about being back in Cincinnati was, one, like vegetables. I don't know where they are. Greens. I don't think they exist. Now, I know my dad is part of that problem, and his health habits are not the best. But, dear God, like by the time I got back, Nick knew because, Nick, I was here. By the time I got back to L.A., I was like, I, I, was like, I just need a kale salad. I just need some mixed greens. Which is funny because the first thing we did was we went to Costco. And you know Costco got the big slices of pizzas. We both downed two Ooh. greasy Costco pizzas. Ca- called Dollar out. slices? Called out. You're right. But th- but what after that? <laughs> I, after that, kale and Brussels sprouts. I said, after that, I'm going to be good. By the way, if you are homeless, I, I want to do a quick PSA to all the homeless people in the United States who are also dirty sports listeners. If you are homeless, I don't know if they have it at your Which, co- by the way, I can tell you for sure, uh, many of the homeless people on Venice Beach have iPhones. So they could be homeless yeah, and yeah. dirty sports listeners. By the way, a lot of them have better iPhones than me. I have the 6S. It's four years old. I've noticed that. Homeless people have better phones than me. Anyway, at the Costco in Marina Del Rey near where I live, and I don't know if it's like this at all the Costco's. You can get a massive, delicious kosher hot dog and <laughs> a large soda, unlimited refills, for $1.50. So I ask this, Venice Beach homeless people, local L.A. homeless people, because you're everywhere. I see you every day. Why are you not all huddled, not that I want to see this, outside your local Los Angeles-based food courts. Think about that. I told Nick this. For $1.50, for under $5 a day, you could have three meals, delicious hot dogs. Yeah, but you also have to have a Costco membership. You don't? Oh, you don't have to? They do not ask wow. you. Yeah, it's okay. outside. You don't, okay. You're not there yet. Outside at the food court, they do not ask for a membership. Did I just solve the food crisis in Los Angeles. Now, not every Costco has their food department outside, though. Some Costco's, like my Costco back at home, you have to go in with good, the membership card. Good point. Yep. Valid point. Homeless people in Los Angeles. Leave Venice Beach. Call Not only it. Venice. It's in Venice Beach. Uh, 
you know, technically Marina Del Rey. Okay. It's pretty close. It's pretty close. It's two miles away from here. Go congregate at the food courts at Costco. Now, I will never eat there again, but I'm helping you guys out. You know who needs help is Antonio Brown. Like, no jokes. It's it's a sad situation. Very sad. Sort of brought on by, like, his own doing, though, right? Like, any, any sympathy for him? You don't have any sympathy? Not really. I mean... Uh, the the whole like this whole off season, it just seemed like every twist and turn is this escalating thing. Um, I mean, I don't know if anybody's doing the story. Like, is this CTE related? Is this like you know? We joked the other night when we were out that like the perfect hit, like we can do a timeline of like Antonio Brown was one guy before and after the perfect hit. Like, yeah, is this his sliding doors moment? Like. If he if he if he spins out of the way of perfect here, is he currently you know Super Bowl MVP with the Steelers? Is he on you know like what like where are we if that didn't happen? But like, has it even been explored? Is this you know his concussion history, CTE? Like, it it really does seem like. I mean, I hate to say it, but goddamn, the Raiders curse is real as shit. This dude goes on the Ra- his life falls apart. The second he goes to the Raiders. Yeah. Now, who, who else would you say on the Raiders curse? Ain't Randy Moss. Randy Moss is like only, only years where he wasn't the single best receiver in football was when he was in the Raiders. People are like, oh, career over. Fucking the Patriots get him for a song and he breaks every receiving record. Yeah. It's also where guys' careers go to die. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how many guys? Warren Sapp, Richard yeah. Seymour, but like Todd Marinovich. Yeah, you know the guys, the guys who had like you had great hope for who went there. You know who overcame the Raiders curse and still was very, very good and productive and played at a Super Bowl. Jerry Rice. Yeah. Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson. It's a it's a bad situation. So Antonio Brown, we did not discuss this last episode. He was arrested again. And <laughs> there's so many things involved in this. Basically, this is what I gather, if I read this correctly. And I did reread everything. A mover came to Antonio Brown's house. He moved all his stuff from Oakland area. The, okay. You know. So this is in Oakland area. No, they moved okay. it from California to Florida. Okay. Hollywood, Florida. I, okay. I always love that. Yeah. Florida loves having like... A Hollywood, Florida. A Venice, Florida. Uh, like, there's all yeah. kinds. Yeah. Tap the brakes, Florida. Yeah. So the driver shows up. Apparently, his assistant had paid for it, or his assistant had signed away everything. He owed him four grand. Antonio Brown did not want to pay. He was with somebody else. He didn't want to pay. The guy says, I'm not going to give you your shit until you pay me. Which is what... Look, I've I have limited... But I have do have some experience with these moving companies. They love to get your shit and then change the they lo- they love to bait and switch you, change the price. Like oh, it ended up being more blah blah blah. But now we have your shit, so you have to pay us if you want it. I know I know dozens of people who have sued moving companies after paying them just to get their shit. I'm not gonna say this moving company's you know a hundred percent in the right here, but also Antonio Brown, man, you you know tough tough few months. So. They get into it. He drives away. Antonio Brown throws rocks at the moving truck, which mm-hmm. supposedly causes damage. 
The driver comes back. Antonio Brown does pay the four grand. However, does not pay the additional $860 that the company wanted for damage to the truck. Okay. Which, I'll be honest, sounds kind of shady, too. I mean, have you ever seen a moving truck? These things aren't usually in the best shape. Yeah. They basically drive across country banging into shit. So they come back, and they, they come with this assessment of $860, random, Yeah, if you ask me. So AB does not want to pay that. So this time they get into it, and uh, Antonio Brown and his, uh, his buddy... His trainer, Glenn Holt, former Cincinnati Bengal player, actually, they jump into the driver's seat and they... Of the moving truck. Physically strike the mover. The driver claims he tried to battle Holt for the keys and suffered cuts on his hands in the process. While A.B. and his pals were unloading the truck, the driver says he told the group they were taking property that belonged to another client. So they tossed... Someone else's stuff back in the truck causing damage as well. Right. So Antonio Brown uh, was arrested. This, these are big crimes for burglary with battery stemming from this whole assault. He was released on a $110,000 bail. That is the status of Antonio Brown. Uh, I do not think he will play another NFL game. I do think that the L chain will be shoved up my do you, rectum. At some have, point. have you considered wearing the L chain? Have you considered spending two weeks with the L chain up your ass and just getting this whole thing out of the way all at once? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I hate to say it. And this is going to be so awful because I don't. I I honestly do not want this to happen. The only thing what can, the L chain up your ass? Yeah, I well, I'd be concerned if you did want it to the happen. The only thing that can save me is. A career-ending injury of Odell Beckham. Yeah, or or Odell. I mean, look, Odell Beckham's on his own. He's got he's he got his own Antonio Brown-like tendencies. Oh, he goes off. Yeah, he, he goes off. But uh, it would be a huge leap for him to. I mean, look, we're looking at. I think uh, what's his name? Stanga Stanga's keeping him pretty good. We're looking at like four years, probably. Three to four years. Three to four years of Antonio Brown sort of staying stable in his uh, averages. He obviously had a down year last year. The the Brown situation was pretty terrible. Um, so I don't think Antonio Brown plays football again. XFL. That doesn't count. No, obviously not for you. But 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 in terms of playing football again. The the thing about Antonio Brown and the XFL wasn't like the XFL, and I know we have a dirt ball who's like involved in the XFL. Wasn't the XFL's big thing? Didn't they like? Didn't McMahon come out of the gate hot? Like we're bringing the XFL back because fuck Kaepernick and all these people who like. At first, like I, I, wasn't I think it like everybody has to get the U.S. flag tattooed on their neck no. and you can't be and you can't be have a criminal record and. I think they changed a lot of that. I can't I, believe it. <laughs> I think they came out hot. And uh, tried to grab some headlines, and and is now he's now no he has realized there are eleven qualified professional football players without criminal records. Yeah, and he has realized he can't form a team without one. I think it was something like that. Do you want to say something, Nick? Well, no, it, I didn't really have anything. I, I was going to ask because Odell Beckham currently at sixty five hundred total receiving yards for his career. Yeah. Not even halfway to Antonio Brown right now. How many years has Odell no, been in No, the no I, th I think that's wrong. I think Antonio Brown, I think he's within 4,800 of Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, 14,000 uh, career receiving yards. Are you sure about that? Mm -hmm. Are you looking at... Yeah, that. then the question or, begs... 
Is that pro- including postseason? 14,000 seems I think like that, a lot. I think, for I, I, that's all purpose. My bad. 11,000. Yeah, I was going to say. 11,000 and 14,000 all purpose. But o- Odell's 6,000. Right. So Odell's been in the um the league since what 2013. So we're yeah. So basically, you're saying he's a uh, from 6,500 to 11,000, right? Is we're looking at 4,500 yards. Yeah. So you're looking at three 1,500 yard seasons, which no one's saying he's gonna have 1,500 yard seasons, especially when you look at last year. But that's also four seasons at you know 1,100 plus yards. Yeah. So we're looking at three. I mean, good I'll, years I'll be honest. Four. I would feel so much better had Antonio Brown played this year. Just like even like an 800 yard season, yeah. for me would have done wonders. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not like. Let me put this way. I'm not doing things to loosen up my rectum yet. Yeah. Like I'm not at that stage. But you know, how, you know how they do the doomsday clock and they moved it again last week. Yeah. Like there's a doomsday clock for my butthole right now. Yeah. And it's and it's at eleven thirty. It's at eleven thirty. Yeah, <laughs> not gonna lie. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm per- like right now I'm looking around the apartment. What things could I test in my butt? Like it's the doomsday L chain. Right now it's hanging upside down, but as it moves toward the top, and that L, you know, at 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 eleven fifty five, the the L is gonna start poking. Yeah, you know. Oh boy, it's gonna be tender. Uh, but we should get to the Aaron Hernandez Savage. Savage. Of the Year Award nominees. Uh, for those who do not know. I mean, this is an easy transition from Antonio Brown. He's got to be a nominee. Of course he is. Every year at Dirty Sports since 2017, we have done a Aaron Hernandez Savage of the Year Award nominee. This is the Dirty Sports version of the NFL's Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. And... The nominees, actually, I'm going to go through the previous winners. Our inaugural Aaron Hernandez Savage of the Year Award winner was Pac-Man Jones, who I'd like to give a Lifetime Achievement Award at this point, to be honest. Yeah, Pac-Man, so he was he was the first ever winner? Correct. Correct. And he's out of football. He's out of football. So he's not a nominee. But but he, he did, he was in the news again earlier this year right. at a casino in uh, Indiana being insane. Telling cops he wanted them to suck his dick. He got arrested. Blah blah blah. Uh, so to me, he, you know, a lifetime achievement award is destined for Pac-Man Jones. He won once. He was nominated multiple times. Anyway, uh, Antonio Brown is a nominee, and to me, the front runner for this year's Aaron Hernandez Savage of the Year award. So Pac-Man Jones won it in 2017, 2018. The winner was Robbie Anderson, current. New York Jet, I believe. 2019, I didn't like our winner last year. It was, uh, what was his name? Dylan? He was kind of unknown. But this he, is the guy who like went the wrong way through the Lincoln Tunnel or Good memory, Prano. He drove the wrong way down the Lincoln Tunnel. I mean, he earned it. Yeah. Dylan, Dylan Donahue. Dylan Donahue. Thank you, Nick, for helping me with that. Was our 2019 winner. So these, drum roll, please. Okay, no drum roll. Your 20... 20- oh, me? Thank you, Nick. Your 2020 Aaron Hernandez Savage of the Year Award winner, or I'm sorry, nominees are Antonio Brown. And I think he's going to win it. Is he not like... I don't know. I mean, now, I know another one of your nominees, somebody we've talked about for a long time in the Savage of the Year contest and 
a lot like we're going back almost to right after the Savage of the Year was crowned last year when a lot of this started breaking. So he, he had a whole year's worth of work. Well, here's the deal. Richie Incognito. Incognito. Nothing incognito about what's going on with this guy. You know everything. He has not hidden a thing. The irony of his name is just ridiculous. The problem about him is stuff has leaked later. Right. So how I judge the Aaron Hernandez Savage of the Year Award is it's everything from when the award is announced right. up until the next year. Did the trying to chop off his grandfather's head his father his father's head happened before after the award was announced it happened before so after that's last gonna year. that's a huge knock on his case <laughs> it's hard to beat did he win he didn't win last he year. did not win last because year. we didn't have the report i don't think we knew until after or i missed it right or that's on me that's on me as a producer and i think i might have missed it however this is a ben simmons uh, rookie of the year situation. I agree. Right? I totally agree. It's like technically it happened before, but we didn't know about it till after. Now it's gonna hurt his case. It's it's gonna split some votes. Here's a story we did the way he tried to split his father's head from his body. Here's a story we did not know, which also happened before last year's award winner, but it was not leaked until March when he went into his grandmother's home punched a hole in the wall, ripped a security camera or some sort of security system off the wall, threatened to fight his grandmother, saying she was responsible for his father's death. That all did leak after last year's nominee. So the two things are kind of tied together. But I'll say this much. Antonio Brown's done a lot of crazy shit. There's nothing as crazy as trying to chop off your dead father's head at a funeral home. Okay? Take it from somebody who was literally just looking at their own dead parent at a funeral home less than two weeks ago. I'm just going to I'm just going out there. I never did the thought cross my mind of chopping off my mom's head. Okay? Right. So, like, I to me, that's tough to beat. But, again, I love your analogy, Joe. Is this a Ben Simmons Rookie of the Year situation with Richie Incognito. Because to me, it boils down to Incognito and Antonio Brown. And who do we have a third candidate? Well, you know, I just wanted to throw somebody up there. You probably don't even know who this guy is. He was cut from the Lions. It's actually kind of sad. Trevor Bates. Uh, it just made me laugh. I mean, the guy had to go to a psych ward for this. Okay. He refused on January 26th last year to pay for his $32 cab fare in Manhattan, and then uh, he tried to fight cops over it, and it just made me laugh because it was just so ridiculous. This is like when there has to be five Heisman, not or four Heisman nominees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they got to invite four guys to the Manhattan Athletic Club, uh, even though we know it's between two guys. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, this boils down to Antonio Brown or Richie Incognito. We should, uh, we should maybe make a graphic with the uh with the highlights from their year with with dates and and all that stuff and maybe it should be something that you know obviously the poll's not going to make the decision for us but it's worth putting out there yeah aaron hernandez savage of the year you know the top two and, and for the record uh we almost honored Aaron Hernandez. We went to one of his old stomping grounds in Hermosa Beach. I did not know this until you told me about it. 
Yeah, so Aaron Hernandez, I think I've discussed this on the show. He rented a house in Hermosa Beach, I believe, in the summer before he was, like, up until almost when he was arrested, 2013. And he used to always go to a place called The Underground in Hermosa Beach. And we went there Saturday night. And I know I know Nick really enjoyed that we got to have a burger. Where, or if you Google it, Aaron Hernandez, The Underground, Deadspin did put out an article uh, about him getting kicked out. About him getting kicked out. And there, why did he get kicked out? He was just being, you know, he's, he's being Aaron Hernandez. Being Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> so uh, how that make you feel, Nick? That you got to, because now again, you're new to LA. You get to experience the celebrity stuff. You were in the same spot that Aaron Hernandez used to frequent after he had killed people. Yeah, that was just kind of surreal. I don't know. It was a uh, bucket list. Definitely a, <laughs> a bucket list burger. Yeah. <laughs> How many burgers have you had in L.A.? How many different burgers have you had in L.A.? So I've had three different burgers now. We did uh, the the Underground. Yeah. And then I had a burger where we saw the guy from Harry Potter, uh, Cock and Bull. Oh, yeah, Cock and, and Bull. Then, and then the the Window burger as well. Which, I, I, I got to say, Window's number one for me right now. Window's a hell of a good burger, yeah. right? That's one on Rose. The Rose Cafe, or uh, yeah. Rose Avenue. Yeah. Yeah. That Window burger's fucking dope. Yeah. I got a couple other burgers that I can... That that are worth getting in your. Well, we should do Nikki D's uh, West LA Burger Rankings. I like it, but you had oh, it, you, also the In and Out Burger. You had In and Out as well, right? Yeah. So four burgers in LA now. Yeah. Well, I've told him I want to take him to Fat Burger as right. well. Right. Got to go to Hanano. That's like a must burger in in Venice. I almost took him the other night. We ended up getting pizza instead. Malibu Country Kitchen is. We'll, we'll have to one day where I'm when, when my swelling goes down, we'll take a ride up the PCH. He should go up the PCH at some point. Oh, I already planned on it. Yeah, it, 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 we'll look. take him to Malibu Country Kitchen for, a, or not the country, the country window, whatever that is. What Nick and I have, we have a list of work stuff. What, what did you call it? So we have a content calendar. So just like a calendar, all the content we want to make, and then we have a leisure calendar, things we want to do yeah. out, out in the road. Today we got Costco on that list. Well, and Trader Joe's. That's and Trader Joe's. That's sort of a that's that's crossover. Yeah, <laughs> he's a fan though. He's a fan of. He likes uh, going shopping. He, I've noticed Nick. Nick's a good shopper with me. Do you put him in the little seat in the shopping cart? <laughs> a little Hobbit body in that in that in that baby seat. Or does he get his own like small cart? Unreal. Like, you can put some stuff in your small cart. It, might use might use my own cart today. It, it <laughs> is. Uh, you know, now he doesn't watch Silicon Valley, but. I said the equivalent of you staying out here is kind of like the incubator. Yeah. Because I'll just be honest with the dirt balls. Like I was like, I'll take care of your groceries. You got a place to stay. I, I can't break the bank what we pay you, but you have free housing and you have free food. Isn't that what they do in Silicon yeah, Valley? Yeah. So it's funny when we go to Costco, I'll see Nick eyeing things and I'll be like, Do you want to get that, Nick? And he'll, <laughs> he'll be like, Yeah. And I'll say, Throw it in the cart. Go to the candy aisle. Get one thing from the candy aisle. He, he denied me uh, frozen chicken tenders the other day. I did. Yeah. We spent about, we, we, we turned down the aisle, and then all of a sudden, Andy picks up the pace, and he's like, we're not staying here. We're going out of the next aisle. You know why? It, w- it was a selfish reason. Because I know if I got him those Costco chicken tenders, I would eat too many yeah, of yeah. them, and I don't have the restraint. But then I tried some of the ones Tug got him from Whole Foods last night. Yeah. I said, never again. I said we're getting the Trader Joe's tomorrow. I'm sorry, we're getting the Costco chicken tenders tomorrow because these Whole Foods gluten-free chicken tenders. Why don't you just get some boneless uh, like chicken strips and you know toss them in your own uh, whatever, make them yourself. Yeah, I could do that. You're right. 
how did this conversation get from Aaron Hernandez Savage of the Year to our Costco? I don't know. Uh, it was situation. it was uh, underground. You had the burger, all the things burger, leisure calendar. Nick, here's the thing: Here you're gonna, you're going to realize with Dirty Sports, how did one conversation get to another? Happens all the time. Yeah, of course. It's 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 we kind of we kind of go underground with our conversations, like Aaron Hernandez went underground to probably kill slash maybe have sex with dudes in that bathroom. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot out there. Just saying. So we're going to limit it to basically Richie Incognito and Antonio Brown, and we will announce on Thursday's episode your 2020 Aaron Hernandez Savage of the Year Award nominee because it's down to those two guys. Uh, It's been a minute since we've done calls. I do not have them today. I haven't checked. I do want to announce to everybody – Please, if you have any questions, comments, or anything you want to say, call our hotline, 310-359-8365. That is the Dirty Sports Hotline. And that's going to be our show. And b- before we wrap it up, something I will also say to the listeners, if they want to uh, engage in the conversation that happens on the Dirty Sports even faster, something that we started doing while you were out of town since we've had Nick here, which is subscribe to the YouTube so that you can watch the show live, set up your notifications so you get a live notification when the show goes live, and then you can put questions, comments, concerns, queries in the chat. Nick, you you monitor the chat. Do we have anything? Uh, can, can you give us a big three, as I like to call it, the, the YouTube big three? Any anything? Any three things from the chat today worth discussing? There's not too many questions, but there was a lot of discussion about this. And speaking of the Anna Hernandez Award, uh, there was a video released of Kareem Hunt being pulled over and arrested for having open container of vodka and marijuana. Okay. Okay. Now, now I saw those those comments in the YouTube. You know, he's pulled over. He's got open alcohol. He's got marijuana. Big deal. Uh, but was the was it the video that was so surprising? The video isn't surprising. It's you watched just, it? Yeah, it's it, 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 yeah. it's not that much. Guys, Richie yeah. Incognito tried to chop off his dead father's head. Yeah. Antonio Brown was assaulting a truck driver. Now, like, I'm it, not out here trying to say he should, you know, get this award by any means, but yeah. it was just something that happened 48 minutes ago, yeah. so I thought it was a little... And, and, and the video is from when? Um, I'm not sure when the video... It, it, it was released today, like this morning. Right. So Kareem Hunt has... He's got a little... He's got a history now. Yeah. Hey, man, if I played for the Browns, I might start drinking and driving again. Other dirtball comments. Uh, I want you to discuss Ari Sharif's Kobe tweet. Ari Shafir. Uh, Shafir. I have nothing to say about that. No comment. Uh, Ari Shafir is uh, somebody that, as long as I've known the dude's name, from even before I was in L.A. comedy, and, and I know I think he's in New York now, but when I was in New York and he was out here, I wasn't really in touch with the with the L.A. scene that much. But he was a guy who always popped up as somebody who injects themselves into these things. He's he's a shock jock. He's always he's he's always going to say something horrible at the most. You know, he's he's like Anthony Jeselnik. Like any tragedy, he's going to jump in and he's going to have some something to you know add on. So uh, pretty on brand for Ari. Yeah. All right, guys, that is the show. Thanks to all the dirtballs who watch live on YouTube. And yes, to reiterate what Joe said, subscribe. That way uh, you can watch, ignore your job, ignore your schoolwork, ignore your kids, whatever you're doing, and uh, tune into us. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the 
Dirty Sports. If you leave an iTunes review, drop your Twitter or Instagram handle, and I will send you two koozies. I went to the post office this morning before they even opened. I was waiting in line, and uh, I mailed out some koozies today. Uh, so get on that. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Andy Ruther, Joe Prano. Uh, at Fix Your Life on Twitter, uh, at Joe Prano on Instagram. Um, JoePrano.com if you want to see what shows are or are not still happening uh, post-injury. Um, but I am I am planning on still traveling to a couple of places. Hopefully they will hold. Right now I am still planning on being um, in Colorado, in Aspen, Boulder, and possibly Denver for some shows at the end of February. Um, uh, March, early March, uh, Birmingham, Alabama could is as of right now still confirmed and uh end of march uh back in palm springs for uh fantasy springs casino guys uh, just go to joeprano.com yeah, go to joeprano.com it's like yeah. it's i don't know it's just at, at this point we gotta we gotta just we gotta take some initiative if you want to see joe obviously he performs a lot in the road yeah go to joeprano.com yes please uh nick i do some photography i post it on my vishgo account uh, <laughs> It's, Vishko. I can't imagine many dirt balls at Vishko, but if you do, you can follow me at I, Nick is, Dale. JPEG. Isn't that account where like girls get kind of slutted up a little more? A little bit. That's what I've heard. I don't. I don't know about it's, Vishko. It's for that, and then just like photography. It's yeah. it, it, it's it's like a, a mixture of it's like Instagram what Insta- and it's Tumblr. Like, it's like what Instagram like was trying to be out of the gate. Yeah. Before it became just like a place for people to sell, you know, exactly their, their ass. And guys, follow his gaming stuff because this guy. Plays so many video games on his phone. I, I, I've been trying a little NBA 2K Mobile lately. I'm not sure if I'm really into it yet. Um, now, when you're home, do you have a gaming system? Nick Dale, uh, Xbox Live, half of a chub. I don't. I didn't even understand that last part. Half of a chub. That's my gamer tech. Okay. Yeah. So we, uh, yeah, I do have a console. <laughs> I, I'm I'm what? away from the console right now. So right. it's been mobile gaming. Did you, did you consider bringing the console? I did consider it because I wanted to start dirty sports gaming. Yeah. But it, it just seemed like kind of a hassle with the airport. I'm more of a uh, of a PlayStation guy when I'm doing it. Okay. I uh, God, am, now, I gonna, am I going to have to get a gaming console? Well, that's what now? I was just going to say. I was going to say now that we have Nick here. If we can agree on maybe like you know he's got an Xbox at home, maybe we have a PlayStation. Like I wouldn't be against a dirty sports, a smut shack gaming thing. That'll keep me from playing too much. I'd have to come over here to play. But also, you know, we could get on Twitch. You oh, know, boy. okay. Yes. Well, here's here's what I'll do. I'm not committing to anything today. When we go to Costco, I know it's pretty cheap there. It's the cheapest there, I should say. The gaming systems. We'll take a look. I mean, I'm talking about possibly getting a new couch. Like, there's a lot going on here. Yep. All right, guys, that's the show. Thanks for all the support. Joe, it's really great to be back with you. It's great to be great to have you back. It's great to be back. Uh, hopefully we uh, hopefully we got some of the rust off this episode. Um, I gotta say, tune in next episode. Follow uh, YouTube, get get on the notifications. I, if there was ever uh, an episode to get on YouTube and click that get notifications button, got a couple of things. Not only is next episode the annual Super Bowl preview prop bet, we have a pretty large announcement happening next episode. I, if I were you, I'd want to get that episode as early as I possibly can. Huge. Huge. Completely it huge. Is a, it's, a, it's a significant, significant announcement. Very huge. 
All right, guys, that's the show. Thanks again. Have a great week. Stay healthy. And most importantly, stay dirty.